1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here
2: we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins, Dolphins Podcast. Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Outs
1: running backs i mean raheem mostert jeff wilson both under contract yes you can move on to him but you know jeff or er, mostert just led the league in, in rushing touchdowns you just spent a third round pick on devon hn who looks awesome and hey by the way the contract is on the books alec ingold's the highest paid fullback in the nfl now i know that doesn't mean a complete boatload but when you're talking about pinching pennies this year and, and just really being smart with your money I, I have a hard time envisioning any type of running back type move for this unit just just how the money has been allocated.
0: Yeah, I don't think the Dolphins are going to add a running back, and if you told me that next year that you're going to have Raheem Mostert, Devon A. Chan, and Chris Brooks as your top three guys, I'm totally good with that. I don't know what Alec Ingold's doing on the team, quite frankly. I mean, you you extend the guy and give him $5 million a year, and it, it's nothing against Ingold, But why is it on third and two or third and one, him in the backfield at fullback is never the answer? I, I don't I don't get it. This guy is... It, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Alec Ingold, you, you pay him $5 million a year. He touched the ball 15 times this year. What what kind of sense does that make? So, yeah, look, if you have Derrick Henry at running back, is Mike McDaniel going to have the discipline to call plays with he and Alec Ingold in the backfield? Based on what I saw this year, the answer is no. So, uh, I yeah, I, I'll pass on Derrick Henry, and I'm 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 still very very confused by the the Ingold extension before the year.
2: I would have loved to see him go get more carries, especially, you know, in that frigid weather last week. I mean, for me, though, with Derrick Henry, I mean, I don't know where that came from, but I will always want Derrick Henry on my team. Uh, I think I did it, my first mock draft, had him there. But for now, with the way the Dolphins cap situation is, just squint your eyes and pretend that Chris Brooks is your Derrick Henry, because that's probably the closest we're going to get.
0: I have one more thing to bitch about real quick, uh, The as far as the last game's concerned. I thought one of two things would happen: that Jeff Wilson and Alec Ingold would be in the backfield, and Jeff Wilson would be pounded inside, given that it was negative five degrees outside. Or I thought it's going to be a heavy game with HN and Raheem Mostert, and that that's basically going to be okay. We're going to run the ball forty times with these guys, and that's where the big plays are going to come from. We're going to pound away, and that's got none of those two two things happen. Would they run the ball fourteen times in frigid weather? Not, None of it made sense, and when Mike McDaniel said that um, play calling is, he basically said play calling is on the table this year. Everything's on the table. I, I would certainly welcome that. I look, I support Mike McDaniel as the coach. I think he should be the coach. I think he's a brilliant offensive play designer. But as far as down to down, um, making preparations, getting the play in, and and adjusting, and and just running the damn ball, he, he fell short this year.
2: It's a year later, and we're still talking about the run game. I mean, that's that's all you need to say about that.
1: I thought the Dolphins would at least. I mean, even the Jeff Wilson, I thought was like the obvious. Like, hey, let's let's pound the rock. I thought the creative Mike McDaniel version of that would just be to have eight chan moster on the field at the same line just having one guy maybe just running nonsense every single play having it going back and forth uh but i saw this the snap counts i think moster played like 40% of snaps and eight chan was even smaller than that so the overlap between those guys was was completely it, it didn't exist and that kind of blew my mind too because if you have all this speed and you want to take advantage of it i mean you got to try something and we hear you know Tua complaining following the game about how communication's still an issue and there's two set motions before every play. I mean, if there are so many things happening and the ball's only going to Tyree Kill, why do we need to say this stuff? Can't it just be people like running around like like mindlessly at a certain point if they aren't going to be used?
0: Right. It, the offense needs to be simplified next year. That it's as simple as that. If if you're still there at the end of the year after every road game talking about getting the plays in and communication. And all this stuff, I mean something's got to change in that and but here the good thing is and I, I said this all year is that the dolphins, especially offensively do the hard things well. they I mean it, to be number one in um, yards and number two in points is that's the hard thing. but getting the plays in and doing the easy things and and running the ball when you've been running the ball well is, is where they just very frustratingly come up short. But I gotta say too, uh um Jake, I you, you've shown the restraint on this podcast being 45 minutes in and and you know you haven't pointed out that Jeff Wilson caught two passes and got zero carries against the Chiefs. I don't <laughs>
1: understand like of all the guys who can catch passes on this team and and it's like the Durham Smythe thing. It's why are we trying to make Durham Smythe a thing when you have like someone like Braxton Barrios who can catch a football and it, it just how high on the list does Miami's play calling have to be? How, how about, how about that? Should that be number three? Make it something needs to change with Miami's play calling on offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, just do the simple thing and take what's in front. This whole offense needs to take what's in front of them. That goes, that goes from Tua to uh, Mike McDaniel, you know, stop trying to be three steps ahead of the opposition all the time. Just be one step ahead. So yeah.
2: And I hate to be that guy making excuses, but again, this was, what, year two calling plays? So every year at the end of the season, he says he's going to work on X, Y, and Z. It felt like at times you may have saw it last year, but at the end of the day, um, it was the same old thing. So they need to figure out a way to simplify things, figure out a way to get this thing in gear, because as we saw at times, this offense was unstoppable, um, almost like they're holding themselves back among anybody else.
1: So how high of a – if the Miami Dolphins had a change of play calling and they were able I don't know, convert a single first down against the Titans or win at home against the Bills, score a point in the second half. uh, I think that changes things for the Dolphins. Do you think with what they had on this roster, a couple shuffles in play calling, maybe a different decision or two would have been enough for the Dolphins um, outcome to be different, or is it more focused on what's on or the players on the field?
0: Yeah, it's, it's both. I mean, you, you take a look at the, perfect example of that is you know was it the dolphins first or second drive i can't remember against the chiefs but it was you know it's it's second and in inches and Tua drops back and throws the ball and and misses devon devon H-M. h oh, and he if he catches that pass he had blockers in front man he might have taken that to the house so you've you're throwing the ball on second and in inches you're 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 throwing the ball seven yards back in the backfield um it turns out to be a very good decision, and then Tua can't hit the broadside of a barn on that play, and then after that on on third and inches they get a false start as third and five, and then th- Tua throws a pick. That entire drive just summarizes how the Dolphins are not taking what's in front of them offensively, either by execution or by co- or by play calling. All right,
1: I want to dedicate here the last 5 minutes or so go through some of these lists and see if we can let let's let's get to 6 and then we'll come back, we'll reassess and try to fill out our 10 here. Um Johnny said the interior O-line needs to be strengthened. He's been uh picking up what cats were put down. The linebacker unit needs to be built, which is interesting. We need to find a competent corner opposite of Ramsey. We need a big boundary receiver. We need an inline tight end. And, and yeah, it, it's really one of those things if we could draft all those guys and I wonder if that big bodied right, wide receiver in line tight end, if you can kind of uh, knock those two out of the park at the same time here. From Justin, he said it was the same thing as it is every year. While Tua and Mike did well to mask the O-line in games against better defenses, it didn't hold up. O- His list starts with O-line, cornerback, physical halfback, wide receiver three, I don't know if Ezukama is it, and linebacker. Baker showed up, but it, the role isn't really worth the money. And then finally, Marcos reviewed the whole special teams unit as a whole from top to bottom. Find a stud center if Williams is gone. Draft and develop a raw but high floor quarterback. We have that. His name is Skylar Thompson. Find a physical running back that drags defenders for short yards. Revamp the offensive line. Replace Wilkins if he's gone and get a physical tight end. I apologize if that sounded like a bunch of word salad. But I think we have four there. We have Robert Hunt. We have the center we have the play calling on offense and we have special teams out of everything else I've been saying, guys, what do you think belongs with those four as like the top priorities for the dolphins? Of course, after they clear up 40 million cap space.
0: yeah. And I'd say, you know, re re sign as many cheap free agents of your own free agents that are startable as possible, you know? And again, I go back to Kendall lamb who would be a backup unless Armstead retired. Um, Raquan Davis would be a two down run defender, but, you know, a nose tackle that can start for you. And Deshaun Elliott, who there probably isn't going to be a big market for that. That would be, that'd be big. The rest. I mean, you can light on fire as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, but I, I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't think there are a lot of other un, good unrestricted free agents that are at least need to be prioritized to come back. Um, yeah. I, th- I think you can find them pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I guess two things I will say is, uh, I mean, every time we've come on here, Jake, you know, at, at this point in um, the last, since we started this podcast, I've been talking about the linebacking unit and I know we saw Jerome Baker. Um, I don't want to say elevate his game. We know Duke Riley I believe is under contract next year, but I don't know if it's the old school uh guy who grew up watching that thumper in the middle of a defense, the game changer. I just want to see the Dolphins have that uh playmaking linebacker. So I would say um, change the linebacking unit a little bit and then well, you talked about it, bringing in a Another quarterback, you know, just throwing a dart, right? We know Tua Tungvaloa is going to be back next year. Skyler Thompson, I mean, I was thinking about it. This is what I was thinking on my drive home was that he put up more points in a playoff game than Tua Low. I remember I was driving home thinking about that, and I was like, oh, man, son of a gun. So I could also see throwing a dart in the draft, whether it's, you know, day two, day three, at a quarterback who might have a mobility, maybe a guy that you could use in those short yarder situations. But um, for me, I think the list we're compiling pretty much is spot on. Let's just hope the dolphins and Chris Creek can figure out a way to um, make it all happen. Cause it's not a tough task. Like we said, put up that Donna Ponte bat signal.
0: Yeah. And that's a, a really good point there. As far as quarterbacks, the dolphins should be drafting a quarterback every year. I know they've only had eight draft picks in the last two years. One of them was Skylar Thompson. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Skylar Thompson fan, but I would rather have him, be the Dolphins' backup quarterback, uh, than than paying somebody seven million a year to sit there and do nothing. Um, and, But look, it, you take a look at you know the the head coach he's most similar to at least stylistically. Mike McDaniel is most most similar to to Mike Sh- uh, to uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan drafts Brock Purdy in the last pick of the draft, just throws a dart. I mean, and and comes away with a franchise quarterback. If Mike McDaniel is the offensive genius that a lot of people say he is, you should absolutely be drafting at least one quarterback.
1: Completely agree. I'm, I'm with you both there. I think that is it. I think we have a good list, seven, eight items or so. We will release the list with this podcast. Be sure to let us know what you think, what needs to be added, what needs to be dropped out. Kat, Josh, thank you guys so much for joining me today on another Dolphins podcast. That's it. That's all the time we have. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend watching the football. We might have a surprise show tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. But until then, fins up
2: spins up.